You're listening to the Disaster Feminist Podcast with me, Abby Holland. I have an update that is so not important, but I think you all should hear it. Uh, Gel manicures definitely ruin your nails. And I knew it right away from what I saw, from what people told me. And I resisted doing gel nails for a really long time. And I got them for the first time about two months ago. And I did it two months in a row. And they ruined my nails. And I have great nails. Not to brag, but they're like talents. Like I could, if I flew, I could kill a mouse with my talents. Because they're so like sharp and hard. And now the ends are all fucked up. Whatever. It's 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 so tough because the gel stays on for like a month. They look really nice and shiny. Whereas if I do a regular manicure, you know, it chips after even a few days sometimes. But it doesn't ruin your nails. So, oh God, this is what we're dealing with. This is what we have to deal with. I'm just not gonna put nail polish. I'm just I'm just not gonna put nail polish. No, I can't. I'm not gonna put nail polish on anymore. That's a total lie. I like the way it looks. You know, I I go through phases. I put nail polish on. You know, sometimes I think to myself, you know what, Abby, you look professional. And then other times I'm like, oh, you look like you're trying too hard. I think what my problem is and what I think what my therapist tells me my problem is, is that I care what people think too much. You know, it's so weird because a lot of the time I feel like I don't care or I pretend that I don't care what people think. But I think deep down I do care. But I don't, this is the thing. I think maybe everybody does care what other people think, but some people let it ruin them and some people don't. (laughs) I don't think I let it ruin me. I don't think I let it really dictate a lot of the things that I actually do or follow through with. I do feel the feeling of like embarrassment or, oh, what are these people going to think of this? But then I push myself and I do the thing anyway. Or I, do, I try to do what I want anyway. I mean, I guess maybe that's what everybody does. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out <laughs> right here, right now. Um, <clears throat> another grooming news, I got my hair cut for the first time uh, since July. So that's good. Got some more layers in. Also, I got my... Third laser hair removal appointment done. And I can definitely see a difference in my hair growth. It's fuzzy. My hair is growing back as if I were an eight-year-old child. (laughs) Which I actually would like, especially for my arms. I shaved my arms as a kid, like to, because my friend and I thought that Shaving our arms was cool. I don't, (laughs) that's like, you know, what eight-year-olds think, I guess. And we shaved them. And I remember not knowing what the hell I was doing. And my friends and I 
we dry shaved our arms and legs and we thought we were so cool. Uh, I remember like walking around like after I did it thinking like I'm a woman and feeling like mature. And then, you know, after a couple hours immediately developed like rashy bumps, uh, awful itching, like embarrassed, like what the hell happened to my arms and legs? Oh, and I, of course, like the shaving of the legs part wasn't too bad because people do shave their legs and, you know, that didn't end badly, but the shaving of my arms did because boy, did my hair grow thick back. So I felt, I felt so, uh, what's the word? So self-conscious about my arm hair for my whole life. And now I'm finally getting it laser removed. And it feels good. My, my, I feel like I'm giving myself a high five, my eight-year-old self a high five, like bookending a time period of just thick, thick arm hair of embarrassment of wearing tank tops, embarrassed wearing dresses, embarrassed. And like, at the end of the day, no one cares. No one really see, I mean, people, yeah, see your arm hair, but like, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. And if, here I am spending thousands of dollars on hair removal. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. I think it, it matters to me still, probably. But you know what? It makes me feel good. I feel less, self, less self-conscious and I wanted to do it. So I did it. I'm getting my armpits done, my legs. I got that, that hair on my fingers and toes too. Whew. Finally. But, um... Today on the podcast, I have uh, an old friend I haven't seen in a really long time. She's a makeup artist in New York City. Uh, I met her on set uh, when I was doing some comedy stuff, acting stuff. She did my makeup on a toilet seat, she recalls. (laughs) I don't remember that, but she does. And uh, I'm getting a call from a number I don't know. I've been getting a lot of robocalls lately. I don't know what who got a hold of my number, but th- they've been calling a lot. I try to delete. I try to block them. Nothing really helps anymore. But anyway, back to Ivy. Um, yeah, we talk about body image. We talk about uh, wearing a nice lipstick to feel good. You know, we, we, we get into everything. But uh, why don't we just get to it? Here's Ivy. Oh, yeah. I wanted to mention, I um, put lipstick on for you. It is uh, Almay Smile. That's such a cute packaging. I know. It's my favorite lipstick because it it's, has an orangey vibe that kind of mm-hmm. goes with my tone, which I'm sure you could tell me all about. I, that's um, what I would put on you if I were to be painting you. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> Ivy, I haven't seen you in so long. I feel like maybe I want to start with like, like how we met was on set somewhere, correct? Yes. So I remember distinctly your face and your long hair and your doe eyes. Uh, it was one of my first jobs as a makeup artist because I don't know if you know this, but I used to be an associate producer for reality. Yes. Yeah. We talked about that, like when we were like hanging and doing, uh, when you were doing my makeup and stuff. And so I was in TV production too. So we kind of like bonded over that and we probably know a lot of similar people. 
We totally do. And I remember like staring at your face for hours and hours. So of course, I'm sure that was like brought up. And that's why I remember like the big doe eyes. And then also totally remember that we were like both in the world. I think that's how we figured out uh, that I needed to be a Nuva ring to like get in front of all amazing clothes, amazing people. Right. So mm-hmm. I remember us that we worked on a movie called Waiting for the World. To yes. Yes, I remember that. And we were walk, we were running all around Brooklyn, and I think we shot Manhattan. I don't remember. We shot all around the city together. Uh, I de- I distinctly remember doing your makeup while you were sitting on a toilet. In a bed. <laughs> that clocks for me so hard. Like that's honestly my you know that's my vibe. You know what? Doing my makeup on the toilet, it's totally fine. And I totally remember you saying, well, I really am into like natural and botanical ingredients. Like while we were sitting on the toilet doing makeup in such a sanitary situation. I'm into like natural things, um, like shitting. <laughs> totally natural. <gasps> wow. Yeah, that was so, that was like, I remember that job and remember, um, yeah, getting cast for that part and being like really excited and I and how fortuitous and that we met there and then I wanted to connect you to so many other like comedians and actors and stuff because you were so great on set and um yeah and and now you've like I haven't seen you in so long that was maybe I don't even know at least eight years ago so long I want to say totally and first of all you were really good in that movie because I do remember watching it a couple of times I think we went to the premiere party yes you were so good and I actually looked at your face basically the whole time because I was like my work but also (laughs) you know what's so funny in this has to and this is goes to show like how you know fucked up your brain is when you watch yourself on stuff I remember that premiere party and watching myself in that and thinking the exact opposite and thinking like why the fuck did they cast me? I was, I thought I was awful in it. You were so, so, you were so funny and you were perfect, natural, just singing. It was everything. I loved doing that. And yeah. So then, uh, after you introduced me to Nuvering, I have worked, I cannot tell you, I've with so many Nuvas. It's wild in this, you know, it, I don't know if your viewers or listeners know Nuvering. Of course, I'm sure they do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so basically for anyone who doesn't know, Nuva Ring is kind of this like, you know, started by comedians, like a women only kind of thing or women identifying uh, kind of Facebook group that it started out. And it was like women kind of like helping women, creative uh, women who were in all the creative fields, specifically in New York City. You could, you know, hey, I need a makeup artist like you. Hey, I need a sublet. Hey, I want to, can you work on my film? I'll work on your film. It was almost like a collective of like women helping women. And so, yeah. And I was so happy to like bring you in on that because you're, you know, the definition of like who, all the people that we want to like welcome in, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a cool community. I also love to laugh. So sort of, I'm like the backbone of anyone that's funny. I'm just like, go, I push them (laughs) to the stage and then I get to watch (laughs) <laughs> the that ensues. So it's a, it's a perfect like kismet situation. And I do remember working with you also years later uh, with Henry Zabrowski. That was, yes. 
Yeah, you you came and did makeup on my uh, my uh, web series, uh, The Return of Saturn. Yes, you did you did makeup for the hilarious Henry Zabrowski, who has gone on to do amazing comedic things. He's on Netflix, NBC, like so. That's oh yeah, I totally remember that day too. That yeah, was so that fun. Was a, that was a great day. Uh, yeah, he's been in like De Niro movies, I think now. But uh, oh yeah, so- he was in that movie. Uh, like Dirty Wolf Grandpa. of Wall Street, I think. He was in, yeah, he was in Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. And he was in 40 Grandpa. I like followed his career after. I, first of all, I've done everything basically after what you have recommended to me. I had a new ring in my vagina for sure. Wait, and that was like totally after I got into the new ring listserv. So you kind of have, you dubbed yourself a little bit of a, a wellness witch. And you, I, I want to talk about your like approach to makeup and like the vibe and like why it excites you and like um, what it means to you to be doing makeup. Totally. So basically what happened is I had a freelance career in New York City doing makeup and sometimes hair on set. Uh, I worked with a lot of people. I also do like men's grooming. So I sort of got to meet a ton of different uh, sort of clients out there basically to then, uh, you know, service them virtually since the pandemic hit. So it smash cut to like 20, you know, March, 2020, right? Um, All my onset work was rescheduled and postponed. Right. That must have been so, crazy. Yeah, it was. And it was just, you know, I mean, everybody's been through it, of course. So, like, let's not even go there. But, let, you know, I just pivoted super quickly and early on. And so that's why I just gravitated toward helping people online. Uh, basically, what I do is, as my career coach explained it to me, I live in a constant state of of fanciness. And, and I forgot what she said. It was like, I, I live in a, a constant continuity of, that's cool um have you been like this since you were like a kid was was makeup and doing things always something that you gravitated for to yeah so I uh grew up basically I my I used to beg my parents to work uh they were really they were super sheltering and I was like uh I want to do something I want to work and they just wouldn't let me like get a job basically I'm from Long Island so that kind of tracks a little bit but um (laughs) I did my mother's makeup and her friend's makeup for, they just like wanted me to do their makeup to go out because I was, I actually was self-taught. I, I would sit in the mirror and do my face and do my hair. I, nobody ever taught me how to do hair and makeup. My mom didn't hardly ever taught me. She just gave me the crap she never wanted to use. She was like, I don't like this. So I'm giving it to you. <laughs> nice. Right. It's like those crappy hand-me-downs from your mom's like cruddy, you know? Oh Yeah. <laughs> the like half broken eyeliner, the like eyeshadow that's like a weird green. Oh, totally exactly. had all of those. Yeah. 100% what it was. So I just kind of played with it. And like that crappy green that you're talking about, I would dip a very skinny eyeliner uh, pen, uh, brush into water and make eyeliner out of it. So any kind of like crazy color, I would just decide to use it as a liner. And, it totally and you were doing this as like a kid. Oh yeah, when I was like in seventh grade, sixth grade, smash cut, worked on my parent, worked on my mom's friends, and they paid me. I didn't even know I was working. I was just doing it for fun, and then they said like had me cash, and I was like, oh, okay. oh my god. So it was very early on. So then I, you know, went to college. I studied multimedia, uh, TV and film production, and 
uh, got my first job as an APA on set for a Discovery Channel show. And I still told my APs, I was, I do makeup, I do makeup. And they're like, oh my God, Ivy, we have like a, a interview today. Can you powder somebody? And it was a murder show. Like I powdered a murder. Ah, wait, like dead bodies or like the interviewees? The interviewee was a murderer. He had dead bodies wait, somewhere. Wait, you have powdered the face of, of potential murderers? Not potential. Convicted? After, yes, convicted. <gasps> they were in the witness protection board. That was one of my oh. first makeup jobs in New York. Wow. Wow. Now that's, uh, this is reminding me of like, you know, a lot of, I know like hairstylists and people that do kind of beauty stuff, there is sort of a, uh, a, a vibe that you get from your clients. And, you know, I've, I've read and heard from people that like what people that are doing your makeup or your hair, they're kind of almost like almost like a therapist in a way, because you're talking to people, you, you're getting a sense of who they are. Now, what kind of like vibes were you getting from these murderers? Well, you're right. Like it is, we are the first line of defense. So anything that anyone's going through when somebody sits down in our chair is they're just going to regurgitate it to you because you're the first person to see. Right. And then I just got into like the production world. So it just started to happen in a sense where I just kept moving up. I started to be an associate producer I love storytelling. I love, I'm such a be with people person. So that's why it actually helps that um, I Mm -hmm. get into makeup and I do work with people. Uh, But yeah, so I basically finished my last show with a bang. It was called Stock Someone's Watching on Discovery ID. Wow, you did all the stalking and murder shows. Wow. I really did. It was fun though. And I also worked on a wedding show for Wedding Club TLC. Oh, well, perfect too. That's up your, cause you do makeup for weddings too, right? I do. Yes. So everything is like super kismet, all streamlined into like basically what I'm doing now. So, uh, yeah. And I love brides and I love mothers. Uh, like mothers of the bride. Oh yeah. I bet you get all the gossip. I really do. And I get all the kind of craziness that goes on with like the mothers. Right. So I'm just able to sort of navigate them. And it does help that I was a producer because I can just sort of, I can drive the conversation and the vibe where I want it to go. Oh, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a skill, man. Like, and I don't think that you guys get enough credit for it. I mean, having to like, uh, absorb people's like nervousness or like, well, like you said, whatever that they're bringing to you at the moment is such a skill. And I feel like that's like, sometimes like the majority of it, you know, I mean, you do have to be good at makeup, I guess, but I think people will bring you back if they're like, oh, this person, you know, put me at ease a little bit. Their makeup was good. And also I liked being around them because you have to be around these people for so long. Like you said, you were like staring at my face for like, you know, so long, you know, you're, you spend hours with these people. I think I was, I think I stared at your face for like 275 hours. I clocked it. I have a really good memory. Since you are like up in people's faces, you see people's insecurities, you see people's zits, you know, people have to be really vulnerable with you. Um, And oh, what were you going to say? No, I mean, it's just crazy that um, I was going to say like aging is kind of like a buzzword right now. I don't know what that is. 
I didn't notice that people were so concerned with anti-aging until I kind of started servicing people in like a clienting space a little bit more because before that, before the pandemic, I, I was just like a for hire um, kind of artist. Right. But now since I'm uh, working on my own branding, so many people are concerned with anti-aging. So you're right uh, with like people pointing out all the, their insecurities on their face. And then it's, of course, to me, and that's fine because that's where I want to be. <laughs> Maybe we can talk a little bit about that. You're, um, so you have like a whole, I, I don't even know how to describe it because it's a world that I don't even really know much about. So you technically have like a brand that you use or you have your own brand of makeup? Yeah. So how does this work? Basically, I'm an aesthetics concierge now, which I've coined myself. But um, so I'm a an, bird- an aesthetics concierge. Interesting. And also I'm, I call myself the skin witch, which you had. Skin witch. (laughs) I love that. I love it too. Uh, Basically I help people uh, find uh, customized regimens, skincare regimens. So like I said before, I'm not just a a makeup artist that doesn't care about skin or beauty from the inside out. So I'll, it actually came from bridal. So basically what happened was I was looking for, um, a line to incorporate for my bridal uh, skin. So, you know, like how you get ready for the wedding or whatever. Yeah. My friend and my makeup artist friend and mentor actually, her name's Jax uh, Mancone, she's amazing. She introduced me to this company that uh, you can partner with and then brand yourself within the company. It's the franchise. So it's a product brokerage company. And so I partnered because I was needing something to use for my makeup, uh, my wedding uh, skincare game, right? And so as I was using it, I've transformed. Like basically my skin has never looked better. Uh, And then at the wedding, I just, I felt really confident. And so I know it works firsthand in the product of the product. And then smash cut, like I did work on, I did work with the products on set and I was able to retail that stuff. Uh, within my production jobs. And I did get a lot of clients that way, but it wasn't until the pandemic that I started really branding myself and the products are just a secondary like portion of what I do because you're really getting me uh, just customizing what you need. Yeah. And so that includes like, so it includes makeup, it includes skincare, um, like I'm, I'm assuming like serums and lotions and all of that kind of stuff all of that stuff. And there are protocols. So it's not a one size fits all. I, I kind of have to talk to the people that come my way like this, like how we're talking right now. I do a consultation with them on Zoom and I kind of assess their needs and uh, their concerns. And then I know which ingredients that are in certain product lines. Cause there are five, I think there are five skincare lines. Um, there, and so I just customize in a shop list, basically what they and then I kick them the shop list. They get it. Uh, they order it and it drop ships to their house. And then we continue to have a rapport on like what's going on uh, seasonally. Oh, interesting. It's like an updated like Mary Kay situation, but like d- different. But 100%. no, it sounds just like that. It's hilarious that you said that because I do kind of feel like a 1960s lady with like, yeah, like oh Avon calling. No, for real. And like, yeah, I do feel that way for sure. It's, it's not, it's not one of those things, but yes, like it does totally sound like it. So it's not, it's not a multi-level marketing thing. Okay, good. Cause I honestly, well, I, I want to have a whole episode about that. Holy shit. The, the idea that like, 
the uh, mark, multi-level marketing is helping women, but also it's ruining their lives. And like, it, it's, it's, it's such a shit storm. Um, but I'm, ha- I'm happy to know that yours is not that. <laughs> it's not that it's not multi-level, but also like the back in the day where they had like closets full of stuff, like filled to the brim, like that kind of vibe. I, I'm telling you one of my best friends growing up, her mother, their whole basement was full of shelves of Mary Kay unused, like, I mean, on you, meaning like needed to sell, like it was just, you know, the, the, the depths of like this awful <laughs> underbelly of this like multi-level marketing thing. Yeah. It, it's, it's and crazy. Not, not, not to knock anyone's hustle because if you, if you're able to pr- like promote and push that many products to not like flush, whatever it is, I don't actually know. I need to study up. So maybe we'll learn something together when we study up on that, because I want to know exactly how that system works so that I can know like what somebody's hustle might be. Cause it is like a thing. I mean, if someone's great at it, that's awesome. Well, that's the thing. Like if you are good at it, like, I mean, there's this documentary too, that I watched that you should totally watch about, um, those, uh, stretch pants. I forget what exactly they're called. Oh my God. I'm going to, it, but it's, it's basically like it was a multi-level marketing scheme scheme, but like it would have women buy all of these stretch pants with like different cool colors and stuff. And it was essentially the same thing. Like they, the, 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 the actual secret to it was to get people under you to sell to other people. You know, it's the, 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 the same old thing. And it, and it showed how it destroyed most women's lives or most people's lives. But the only way you can really succeed is like, if you are almost manic and you do take advantage of other people and you do, uh, you know, they might not see it that way, but the, p- some people are successful, but it's so the, the minuscule like percentage of people are successful on it. Yeah. It's just not so like sustainable. And then, uh, of course it's just, it, it's probably not legal as well. So there's that. <laughs> there's that. One of the things I totally wanted to talk to you about, um, you know, that I think as a feminist, as a woman, that, you know, you in an industry that, you know, probably mostly you do mostly makeup for women. Um, no, do you think it's 50-50? Makeup for men a lot. Oh, uh, that's great. does stem from my uh, onset freelance work. So I have actually noticed I've worked with like a lot of name, like male actors, and it's kind of crazy. And then thereafter, a lot of like men for camera. So men care about skin too. And they also scare, care about their face. And it's just so interesting. So I do, I do cater to, to everyone. Really. And do you find that, I mean, men in movies on set are also getting makeup, you know, they're, they're getting probably foundation. What do you, do you probably do like um, eyebrows? What else do you do for men? I do a lot of like, like mattifying, like a mattifying moisturizer and then like maybe like a pore minimizing kind of tinted, situation right but yeah I mean guys care about their their face too but yeah I mean totally I am I'm I do cater to everyone every gender every whatever it is you know so it's it's interesting everyone I've noticed everyone wants to look everyone wants to look good and yeah that's that's the first one feeling good then looking good it's something yeah which goes along with your whole theory of you know from the inside out you know, not, not, you know, not only like physically with like gut and stuff, but also like mentally. I, I like to be fancy in certain ways. I mean, I, I definitely have a dichotomy, like as we all do, you know, I grew up with brothers. I feel like I, you know, 
don't tend to wear so much makeup. And that that's not to say that, you know, that defines fancy or not, but I do tap into certain fancy things with myself. Like when I was drinking, like I did like a really nice glass of wine. I do like to put on a nice, uh, you know, colorful lip. You know, I like to feel girly a lot of the times. It's all about being put together as well. Cause it's more of like an empowerment thing. I think if you put like an awesome lipstick on, it can make all the difference in your day and what you're doing. You just kind of feel like empowered and you have this like almost like a superpower energy to it. I don't know how you feel about it. No, it's, it's exactly that. I haven't worn lipstick in so long and I'm wearing it now and I'm like gonna like go and meet my, I guess I could call him boyfriend later. And I don't know, just feel like powerful and, you know, I guess almost flipping, you know, the patriarchy on its head. Like you could argue, you know, why do you need to wear the makeup to feel like you're pretty or whatever, but we're almost, we're just, we're taking it back essentially. Like I want to wear it, not for anyone else. Like I'm literally putting this on because it makes me just feel a certain vibe. Of course, dude. And it's, it is completely for you. It's like your answer. I feel like anytime anyone asks me, like, why do you wear makeup? It's for me. I don't, I don't, I don't do it for anyone else that might, I'm the first line of defense, even in my own chair, in my own body. That is what I do to make myself feel excited to tackle my day, to feel comfortable, um, to feel uh, alive. I feel alive when I put makeup on. Yeah. I, so speaking of like body stuff and totally, you don't have to talk about anything you don't want to, but I also will, I can go first in sharing like a little bit of like, a journey with, with, with body stuff for sure. You, um, you posted something on Instagram recently that I just really loved and I love how like honest you were about it. And it basically just, you know, went over, you know, our body image issues and how we struggle as women, as anyone, as a man or a woman, I know men struggle from this too. Um, you know, in, being in this society, being, and, and I don't know if it's made it better or it's, if it's worse because of the industry that you're in and that, that I am in, I think it's worse because of the industry we're in. Um, but I've definitely noticed myself having disordered eating like throughout my entire life. I mean, it started in high school. It started, and I think every woman, every, or in most men can probably uh, relate to it too, just feeling like it's kind of controlling your, your, your everyday. I, I just kind of like always remember and, uh, something, an underlying thing always throughout my day, every day was how can I eat less constantly, a constant, like nagging, how can I eat less? Even when I was my thinnest, I still wasn't happy. And like, maybe it was some sort of body dysmorphia, Um, I've gotten way better, you know, but as I've gotten better, I've also aged. So then there's like new things to tackle always. But um, yeah, I guess. um, Yeah, that's the conundrum. It's like, wait, but I'm just starting to understand what to do. And now there's this gravity thing happening to my face. Jesus Christ. So yeah, I guess, I guess my question would be like, how have you like gotten better at that over the years? And um any tips you have for people? I totally have a similar experience that you've had. Um, it was always growing up. How, can, how much can you get, how little can you get away with eating? And yes. Just, and I totally remember, I think it was like when I was 19 or something, 
uh, somebody was like, you just eat one meal a day and that's how you do it. And I was like, do what? I didn't even know to, to lose weight. I didn't even know I either needed to, or they maybe were telling me I needed to, or that they were doing it and they wanted someone to do it with them. Uh, but yeah, I, I remember for sure restricting. So when I decided to go to therapy, actually, for my ED, I, I, I didn't even know I had an eating disorder, actually. I went to a nutritionist and a dietitian because I was just so, I couldn't lose weight. Uh, if you do go to the Instagram, you'll see the post. It's me like kind of showing my midriff. And then I have three pictures. Uh, middle, a middle picture is the heaviest I've ever been. And then the last picture is the thinnest in my adult life I've ever been. Uh, but yeah, I went to a nutritionist for sure. Didn't even know I had an eating disorder. And she's like, no, I, you, you definitely have disordered eating, like thinking it's a mental thing too. Um, and yeah, there was just all this pressure to be thin when we were younger. Right. And then, um, you know, as I got into like college and out of college and we were sort of like just navigating our, our adult lives, I, I didn't really know how to eat. So what I did was I would just restrict food, just like I did when I was 19, when that person showed me how, right? So mm-hmm. that's kind of what happened. And then uh, sort of, I did supplement my weight with, with drugs uh, as well. Like I, I, I was taking Adderall, I was buying it from somebody that had a prescription. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote in the post, I smoked cigarettes, probably because it was it looked cool, but also because it-, it Stopped um, you from, from being hungry, yeah. You know, type thing right so I did I did do that stuff and then uh stopped because I realized it was hurting me and uh all of a sudden the weight piled on so I couldn't lose weight for many years many many years because I just didn't know how to eat I didn't I only knew to not eat basically yes right so I finally went to that nutritionist. She told me, Ivy, you don't need to not eat. You actually just need to eat the right things. And I know that's so lame. People say that all the time. You know? I know. So lame to hear that. But it just I just decided to take control and actually do it. And so you realize, I don't know if you know this. I'd be like, you could eat a lot of freaking healthy food and you're not going to gain weight. You could eat a lot of it. It's so funny that you say that because like, there's a part of me who is, that scares me because, because I'm programmed, you know, if someone tells me to eat more, I'm like, how will this work? And I'm terrified because I don't even want to try that because I don't want to put more because then I'm going to get fat. Like it's, it's so fucked. It is fucked. And it's, and it's, I don't know what it is. I don't know where we were left off in like maybe the conversation or what was going on as we were growing up, because I don't feel like anyone taught me how to uh, eat healthy or eat a certain amount in on my plate. I think, you know, my parents made me uh, great meals and everything, but once I was freed into the world, I really didn't know how to do that for myself. So I will tell you though, like, I promise you, if you learn to know what foods to eat and when to eat them as well, that's another thing. Uh, it just, it's just going to kind of fall off like in the two, and then you'll get to a healthy weight. So I've actually lost like about 10 pounds. Um, since that's I, great. Yeah. Since I like reworked my eating and it's, it's staying off and I've never had that ever in my life. I've never had a, a healthy weight that I've stayed at and kept it off and I don't restrict and I don't hurt my body with drugs and I don't, um, you know, elevate my heart or. I'm just kind of eating the right things. And then I do have like supplementation too. So I love probiotics. 
Um, I do drink, I have the water up to intake that's kicked up, right? So a lot of that kind of stuff does suppress appetite. And that's my problem. I'm just hungry all the time. So once I learned what to eat and how to satiate, it made all the Yeah, people have been really talking about like, um, like the, the like apps that they'll use. I currently am using uh, this app called Lose It, which has uh, helped me with like what kind of foods to eat and all that kind of stuff. Another one my mom uses and a lot of people have used as Noom. Um, that's getting a lot of like, commer- you see commercials all the time for them too. So um, I don't know if you've used any of those, but like, it sounds like the nutritionist and dietitian were really helpful for you. Totally. I, I think it got me to where I knew I had a and that was that also helped me so much with the mental thing because you're you're you have to be in the game you can't be in and out you can't uh say like oh i fucked up this day i'm just gonna eat three bagels like if that's not what's gonna help help you right so and i the, i feel like the new commercials are such like a millennial like push right yeah yeah they're catering directly to us. Yeah, it's like a guy refurbishing a stool, like a woman watching HTTV, like, hey, are you in your late 30s signing up for marathons and refurbishing furniture? Try Noom, because you probably have a spare tire around your waist. But like, for real. Actually, for real, real. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just funny. It's, it's crazy what, uh, it's the mental stuff, you're right. Like, as you've been talking about mental stuff more and more, your, your, your head has to be in the game. You have to want it and you can't punish yourself. You just basically what I've been doing is I've been rethinking every day I wake up as a new day. Right. And I am not like screwing up if I eat something in the day, I'll just not do that for my next meal. So it's more mental for me. It's not even like I'm like going by a structured menu or something. Mm-hmm. It's super mental for me. And then, so, uh, I'll just kind of, if I'm starving later in the day, when I, when I know I should be tapering off, I, I know what to eat to satiate and then but Yeah. I think especially in our generation, like you said, like the Britney Spears generation, like we were taught to, you know, like to wear like a belly shirt and like, like low cut jeans and, oh God. It's well, like, that's another episode too. Exactly. Like our vaginas were just like, how? Like we had to like, you know, shave all the way down because that was like the focus. <laughs> hmm. Well, I know that you're probably um, very busy. I just want to lastly ask you how people can find you and what you're offering as far as like virtual makeup tutorials or, or things that you, that people can come at you with. Um, basically I am on Instagram at Ivy Ray all day. I V E Y. R-A-Y-A-L-D-A-Y. And uh, you can find the link in my bio. That's going to show all the offerings that I have currently. I'm hosting some party, like some events coming up. So on Friday, I have a sip and slay event where I'm going to take you through a makeup lesson and we're going to make a cocktail that has vitamins in it. Ooh, it can be non-alcoholic too? Yeah, it it is. It is non-alcoholic. So if anyone wants to put vodka in it, like they can, but it's just... (laughs) <laughs> you know, I won't do as much, but uh, yeah. So and you do this like every, almost every Friday? I'm trying to do events bi-monthly. So at least two times a month, I want to uh, firstly kick it to my existing clients that know me. And then anybody that wants to kind of like understand what's going on, I'll do like some live tutorials on Instagram, but really I have like now community 
Um, so I will uh, put the link in my uh, link tree that's in the bio on my Instagram. So you can kind of check out every month what's going on. I'll always post uh, the date. And so I also do the Clubhouse uh, Fancy Pants Society Fridays at 1. And if you're Clubhouse, on- the, Clubhouse, the app, which I recently just found out about. If anyone doesn't know who that, what that is, it's like a new social media connecting site. I've been on it once, but it's it's a podcast, live podcast kind of. That's okay. I don't know. It's interesting. It's, it's all voice. So you're not on camera at all. Um, And you can kind of leave quietly. There's an option. You can, you're known in the, it shows you that you're in the room, but then you could just leave and nobody cares. You know, it's, it's very low stakes. And, um, yeah. So what else I offer is virtual consultations, whether that's makeup lessons, a full makeup lesson. I also do like free product consults. So if you need makeup and you want to re-up on stuff that you um, are needing to replenish, I'll do that. And then we'll go through the makeup lesson, the actual artistry. So it's a two-part consult, two-part series. Um, and then I'll do skincare consultations with anyone that needs uh, skin health. That's great. So people like all over the world can contact you and you'll do like a little video session with them. That's great. Yeah, man. I have clients in Australia, Seattle, California, uh, in Florida, uh, nationwide and worldwide. So it's pretty, it's amazing. I love it. It's that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Everyone should go to Ivy Ray with an E.com sign up for virtual lesson check out her stuff on clubhouse and, and, and everything. Yeah. I mean, if I ever get married, you're going to be a makeup person. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, I didn't say it. You said it. I know. What am I doing? I'm very excited for that day to come. Oh God. Thank you to Ivy Ray. And thank you to Melissa and the mannequins for the theme song. See you later. <laughs>